Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by our latest obsession, Pain Cakes. Pain Cakes are the revolutionary cold pack that stick to you so you can stick to your routine. Whether you're pounding the pavement as a runner like me or you're tackling the clutter as a professional organizer like Christine, Pain Cakes has got you covered. Pain Cakes comes in three sizes and can be used again and again. We both keep them in our freezers. And when we feel an ache or a pain, you just stick them on your body. You can do it a hundred times. It's all the benefits of using a cold pack, but no downtime. Find pancakes at pain-cakes.com or at thousands of retailers nationwide. Welcome to Uncluttered and Unfiltered, the podcast urging you to let it go and don't look back with nationally acclaimed professional organizer, Christine Stone and self-proclaimed hot damn mess radio and TV personality, Eden Kindle. Welcome, everybody, to Uncluttered and Unfiltered with Eden and Christine. And we had an episode last week where I got all up in your business, Miss <laughs> Christine Stone, professional organizer, and we learned how you became a pre- professional organizer. And we learned a little bit more about how people who might want to one day be a professional organizer should go about it. Yep. Some good nuggets in there for, for everybody. Yeah, involved. and I've gotten a great response. So I'm I'm happy everyone was interested. So keep keep the suggestions coming. We love it. Yeah, when you suggest a topic, we hear you. Yes. We hear you. In fact, when that topic, when that particular episode aired, we had somebody say to us, well, you should turn it around. And Christine, you should interview Eden. And I kept saying, well, that won't be as interesting, but you're welcome to it. And we've decided that that's going to happen yes. today after we cover a couple of things. And I find you very interesting. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay. I think um, we have a couple of important things to cover. A big wedding, which we're going to get to in just a moment. The big wedding. The big <laughs> uh, wedding. Why, why I'm not a good friend um, because of what I did not do. Yes. And... Before we get to any of that, rest in peace, David Soul, who some of you are too young to even know. Even here in our over 50 women's club, there are many of you ladies who are on the younger side of 50 who aren't familiar with Starsky and Hutch. Yes. And how Tiger Beat Magazine used to try to pit the Starsky fans against the Hutch fans. Yes. Where... Frankly, both of them were too old for anybody yeah. that age to care about. But I think we all did have a favorite. Everybody kind of thought but one then, was cuter than the other. Then David Soul came out with Don't Give Up on Us Baby. And I think and he left Starsky yes. in the dust. In the dust. When, yeah. he, when he soulfully said, no pun intended, Don't Give Up on Us Baby. And there's a video that goes along with still it. still worth one more, more try. <laughs> And and I hadn't heard that song in many, many years. And now they're playing it to death. They are on the 70s yep. um, satellite station. Yes. And I put the video up on our Ladies Only page, our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only group. And it's a cheesy video. They start like <laughs> zooming in on him through a chain link fence. <laughs> and then you've got that whole, he's transparent. Right. And... The other and he there's two of him on the screen. One's a side profile. The other one, he's looking straight into the camera, singing. It's so corny, but it was so seventies. And have you noticed, like when someone like when Jimmy Buffett died? I mean, it was everywhere. Everywhere. When you when I saw that David Soul died, I decided I'm going to do my Google deep dive. There wasn't like a thing about it. There was like one 
organization that, I mean, that was it. And I'm like, God, I'm old. Like that made me feel old. Well, he didn't have a legacy. I I, I thought there would be an IMDB page that would have so many things he did beyond, but it was some series called Peyton Place. And I do remember that being on TV and there was one other thing. And then I guess he just went, I didn't realize that, but yeah, between Starsky and Hutch, he was the blonde the other guy was Paul Michael Glazer, and I'm assuming still alive. Oh, he's still alive. He's still yeah. alive. He had a kind of a tragic yeah. life with his wife, who was a huge AIDS advocate because yes. she had AIDS. Yes. The kids had AIDS. I think yes. they all passed. Yeah, through through a blood transfusion. Right. So, I mean, that that was a whole other thing. Without getting, t- I think we've gone way down the right. hole now. <laughs> but but that don't give up on us, baby. That brings back me, memories. That brings back a ton of memories. Yeah. In fact, my husband and I had a date night. I, I had reached out to see if you could join us, and we're going to have to do it another night. You and Mitch already had plans, but we went to name that tune at a local distillery where they have a DJ that plays 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s music. You have a, a dry erase board, and you have to write the artist and the name of the song. And when it gets to the end Everybody, all the different teams can pick the decade they want. And you pick, you usually pick what's in your wheelhouse that you can pretty much guess isn't anybody right. else's. So when they called on us and we said the 70s, a bunch of people kind of went boo. And then he said, man, you all are old. old yeah. And I said, yeah, we are old age. That's how we're going to win this. And did you say hurry up? Cause I got to go home and go to bed. Well, soon. <laughs> I, I was. The fir- my husband and I were the first ones out the door because right. at the end he spins music and everyone gets uh, up and dances yeah. and we're like, peace, it's over for us. It right. started late, 7.30 was late. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> so we weren't there for that. Yes. Um, but anyway, so that was uh, that was our little uh, trip down memory lane. Now, I did not attend the wedding you attended, <sighs> the golden wedding, even though I reminded you about it. Yes. I posted in our group about it. And then when I was going to watch it the next day, you started texting me about how bad it was. And I thought, let me read a recap. I read the recap and the recap was horrendous. So let's have some thoughts about the golden wedding. We're talking, of course, about Teresa and And Jerry. With a G. The golden bachelor (laughs) finally tying the knot. We wondered who would be in attendance. Well, I guess the paycheck was there for anybody who wanted to show. Well, they probably paid for them and their hotel and their flights and everything. So all the ladies. Yeah, mostly, mostly all, all, of, the ladies. all of them, um, okay. which I found very surprising, but not really in Bachelor Nation. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean? You wanted. Yeah. And Kathy was one of the MCs, which she actually did really well. I think she's the sleeper. Uh, yeah. There's talk of her being the bachelorette. Oh, really? Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I, I could think do that. So. But I don't think anyway, so. well, I'm going to start off by saying something nice and then I'll go <laughs> to the rest. <laughs> First of all, I think that the good that came out of this is that you're never too old to fall in love. Correct. And I loved that that was the end game yes. here that you're not washed up at 70 or 65. And I think it really did motivate and inspire a lot of women over 60 to really give it a second chance when it comes to dating and meeting people. So with that being said, there is something good that came out of it, but <laughs> we can't get that time back though. Oh my God. <laughs> I just want to tell you that wedding was painful. First of all, it was way too long. I mean, way too long. Two hours. It was two hours. 
there were so many commercials, thank God I recorded it and got to fast forward through because I would have never been able to do it in real time. I'm pharmaceutical sorry. Pharmaceutical commercials mostly? Or uh, mostly pharmaceutical, but it just, I, I just thought it was way too long. Now, I'm going to start at the beginning. Um, they go to each other's house for Christmas to, and the, and he's wearing the cheesy Christmas sweater and they're all one big happy family and all they're doing is talking about their dead spouses and the traditions they had. And the recipe for the cinnamon balls was one thing I really, really wanted. They kept talking about these cinnamon balls that, that Jerry's late wife, late Tony. wife, Tony made and then they made them and then kind of showed the after and they were like like donuts dipped in cinnamon oh. sugar they looked delicious so anyway i hope they put the recipe somewhere because those look good um a little cheesy with the two families i think they overdid it a little bit they were trying to show how much everyone got along and how great it was to be one big happy family um at their age to have a wedding registry Oh my gosh. I am so sorry. Like what was on it? I, I I don't know, but they literally show them going to pick China to go pick. I mean, at 70, at 65, is that what you really, really you need? To, didn't Christine Stone yes. tell us at that age, you should be getting rid of things? Yes. Yes. So in my organizer brain, I'm thinking at 65 or 70, you want to start collecting more stuff. You're already combining right. 70 years of households. Right. Right. So why do you need to register for something? Go to Pottery Barn and get some white dishes or Target. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was a little ridiculous. Um, I thought it was very bizarre that all the women showed up. There were a couple that didn't come or a few, but the main people were there. Leslie, Faith, you know, the, the people, um, Leslie, Leslie was there. She was there. I think she was there because bachelor nation wanted her there. I, she didn't look like she really wanted to be there. (laughs) Did she Um, look beautiful? She looked great. I have to tell you, I'm going to say this too. Every one of those women looked amazing. They have amazing legs, amazing arms. So you got to give them that and having the courage, you know, because you know when you're putting yourself out there, you're going to get comments, you're going to get nice comments, you're going to get mean comments. And I have to say, I can't see one mean thing anyone could say about their appearances because they all look beautiful. Good. All of them, all, all, everything about them. Um, now we're going to go to the traditional wedding dress shopping where they all sit. Uh, I mean, listen, I, I just don't get having to do these kind of traditions at their age. Um, you know, yes, wearing a beautiful, nice dress. I get that, but this was your traditional wedding gown. I mean, frou-frou, um, you know, like strapless with the mermaid tail. You know what I mean? Like the virginal bride. Like like the virginal bride. I think, in my opinion, I would have done something different for a second marriage on both of their parts. Um, but Bachelor Nation was paying for it. So, and you know, somebody they, was paying them yeah, to use yeah. that dress. So, you know, yeah, she had the designers there. I right. mean, I think she had Bagley and Mishka. Uh, so she had the people there. So... 
you know, she's getting the dress for free. Same with the rings. They had that Neil Lane guy who does all the wedding stuff doing rings for them. So they're getting most of this for free anyway, and that's why they're doing it. But I just thought that part, it kind of makes you look at them and say, do they really want something that's from their youth now in Mm. their 70s? I just didn't really quite understand that. Um, A lot of big band music is to show what era we're in. You know what I mean? Like a lot of that older um, instrumental type music. Probably all in the public domain so they don't have to pay the artists to use it on TV. Yes. Well, and I don't know who their wedding singer was, but that was at the very (laughs) end. I mean, I didn't see that as being... I think you're right. There's some royalties and you can only do what you can do. Um, The lingerie photo shoot. Uh, I didn't know about that. Oh, my God. They had all the women who wanted to do a lingerie photo shoot. Oh, they brought them all in. Yeah, yeah. So they did Teresa. They did um, Faye. They did um, Joan. Ah. And the one that married them. I always oh. forget her name. The one that married them. I don't know who married them. I uh, the see. one who looks like China, the wrestler. Oh, Les- uh, uh, Le- not Leslie. Oh, gosh. What is her I'll name? I think of her name. But anyway, she's she married them, which I thought wow, she did a really, really cool. great job marrying them. So, so I am going to mm-hmm. give her kudos there. But the lingerie photo shoot, yes, they looked great. They looked great. I just... Don't even. I mean, I don't know. I didn't, I wasn't really interested in seeing this, but I think their point was you can be in your 60s and 70s and still wear sexy laundry. That's sure. what I got out of it. So, okay, anyway, yeah. her having a bachelorette party and them showing it and him having male strippers and blah, blah, blah. I mean, really? Okay. I mean, male strippers? Look, How yeah, old were the strippers? Yeah, young, young, <laughs> very young. <laughs> like their grandkids' ages. Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. In their probably twenties and thirties. There's a lot of yeah, ick. early. There's 30s. a lot of ick there. Yes. So they had a traditional bachelorette party for her, and um, then the actual ceremony. Leslie's face when they were doing their vows was worth a million dollars, in my opinion. Oh. She didn't realize, I think, that the cameras were on her, and there was a little bit of eye rolling. So that was worth my whole two hours of sitting through this, just so you all know. I wonder how they measured up to the vows she wrote that night that she thought she that's, was going to win. That's what I think the eye rolling was for. Like, yeah, you said this to me, you know. Right. So um, then another reality couple, which this makes me feel old because I didn't even know who they were, got engaged at their wedding. Which got down on one knee. He proposed to her. She's she's young. And that's poor form, by the way. I know. That's what I thought. You can't get him. I did read that that happened. And they made a point to say that they had asked for Jerry and Teresa's blessing to do that. And of course, they were all too happy to say that was fine. Let me tell you, these two had no say in anything that yeah, was going to happen at this that This was wedding. all scripted and you could kind of tell. Yeah, they had no um, say. And so I did it. I feel like I've performed my duties very well. Yes, and I'm, you have. I'm done Good with the Golden Bachelor for a long while. You, I, you got an A plus. Thank you. I got a B minus for skipping the final. <laughs> Which was the most painful. <laughs> so All anyway, right. let's go closed. back to a happier point being that, yes, you can find love when you're over 60. Okay. You're not a lost cause. And it's 
I, I don't know. And That's anything we can do in it. the coming year to help you achieve that, ladies, whether, you know, obviously our our con- contribution to you is to help you to let go of all the things that are holding you back in life, whether your next adventure is finding love or right. something completely different than that. But our whole goal is on a regular basis to unclutter your world. Yes. Not just your space. That's Christine's <laughs> portion of it. But other than that, just like uncluttering your whole world, your whole perspective, your whole way of thinking. So I'm not sure a great way to transition into my interview. I can tell you that there's not a lot of uncluttering that has happened in my life <laughs> until you came into it. Oh, well, so, I lo- I'm excited about this because although we've known each other, I feel like forever, Yes, there's things I really don't know about you from, you know, a different part of your life. I only know what I know now and That's in true. the past like 15 years. Just so. like a lot of us found out about you being a flight attendant. Yes, exactly. I didn't know that. Exactly. I didn't know that until we started a podcast. Exactly. Together. So, you know, I am excited about this and I and I have so much I want to know about you. Well, so. do ask, please. Okay. So I want to know, first of all, did you go to college for radio TV film, like for that way? I did not set out to do that. Okay. Although... When I was looking for a major, I was I was like, broadcasting is a choice. Like, I didn't always say, oh, I'm going to one day. I did take a TV production class in high school that I loved. And so I knew I wanted to do something creative. When I got to college, within, I would say, my freshman first semester, I, I landed on, I want to go into broadcasting. I worked at the college radio station at University of Florida called Rock 104, which is a, a commercial radio station there. So that was tremendous experience because even though students were on the station, it was a real radio station. They sold commercials. It was, it was a rock format. So I have some of my music knowledge is based on the different formats of radio I've worked in over the years. So yeah, I started in radio in the year 1986 working in college radio. Those are the fun years of radio. Those are the though. fun years. Yeah, yeah, it was a great time. Pre-satellite radio. You oh know. Yeah. yeah. So that that's those are fun times. Okay. So, was there any one person who inspired you or or you emulated to go into this career? Was there somebody who talked to you or you really really liked that inspired you to go into this line of work? Uncluttered and Unfiltered is brought to you in part by Hearts for Minds. Hearts for Minds is encouraging you to use your sidewalk to motivate others for Mental Health Awareness Month. Help break down the stigma of mental illness, spark conversation, and maybe just make somebody's day a little sweeter. It's easy. Grab some chalk and write inspirational messages and pictures on your sidewalk. Snap a photo and share it online by tagging Hearts for Minds on Instagram. And use the hashtag Chalk It Up for Life. That's Chalk It Up, the number four, and life. Let's chalk it up for mental health. Visit Hearts for Minds, that's Hearts, the number four, and Minds.org to learn more. I was inspired by all of the morning DJs. By the way, for those who don't know, that's my day job. I'm a morning DJ on a radio station in Jacksonville, Florida, and have been on the radio in Jacksonville for over 30 years. So I would say it was the morning radio DJs I grew up with in South Florida. So anybody who's listening, and and by the way, we have a a pretty big listenership, Dowderdale, and 
they they may know these names, but Tanner in the morning, yep. and there was some Y one hundred, Y one hundred, yeah, Mindy. There were yep. all of these love ninety four, mm-hmm. and then this is just but complete sheer coincidentally, there was a waiter in my sorority house that was so cute, and I found out that his dad was a big time radio DJ in South Florida, and he and I started dating, and and I got to meet his dad. His dad's name was Rick Shaw. Oh, and he was yep, well known yep, for wearing this little yep, hat yep, all the time. Yep. So, I mean, there were all of these radio legends in South Florida that I just idolized. And I don't think a lot of kids listened to radio the way I listened right. to radio. So I was really a fan of not just the music, but of the people on the radio. See, I found that fascinating. You did? Yes. Oh, Good. Okay, how do you handle unexpected situations or challenges during a live event? Because we'll get to, because you also did TV. Yes. And that's how I met you was through TV. Right. And so how did you transition into radio to TV? And how did you deal with live events? See, I think that fascinates me because what if something goes wrong? Well, I think that was one of the reasons why doing a live TV show was so in my wheelhouse because I'm not flustered. I'm not suggesting for a second that the first few years of any new situation, you don't get nervous, but I have come to understand, and I hope other people will get something out of this. I've come to understand that you are your own worst critic and you are paying the most attention to yourself than anybody in the room is, than anybody watching is. And yes, there are trolls. Yes, there are people whose whole, whole life is dedicated to picking you apart, but those people are going to find fault with you on your most perfect days. Yep. So that you can't worry about. But when you're talking about getting the hiccups on the radio, yeah, that's or, what I mean. Those things fascinate me. showing up to work at the TV station and realizing that you forgot to pack your bra or, oh I mean, there God. are all kinds of things that are going to happen. You'll figure out a fix. And in the meantime, you can laugh at it and everyone will laugh along with you, or you can be stressed. Cry about it and it'll just make everybody uncomfortable and it will be what they now call a cringy moment. moment. So really it's about going with the flow and also really truly remembering that you're the one who's going to remember the most. And a great example of that would be hosting a Christmas tree lighting many years ago. I was at the, uh, a spot in Jacksonville and thousands of people would, would show up and it was televised. And I made a little flub by saying... There were 3,000 instead of 30,000 lights on the tree. Something right. that, in my mind, was a big mistake. Right. A few years later, I ran into a girl that was the singer on the show. And I said, oh, my gosh, do you believe I made that big mistake? And she said, oh, I didn't even notice that right. because I made a mistake. Yep. So everybody's so worried about what they're doing that you really, in life and also on live anything, you can't worry so deeply about every missed step. You really can't. So did has anything besides that one incident happened on live TV? Oh. Like, did you get a tickle in your throat and start oh, coughing? all the time. Yeah. I had to excuse myself to throw up once. <gasps> we were doing, on River City Live, we were doing um, a chocolate bar that had a ghost pepper in it, or there was some Ooh. dare, and everybody was taking a bite, and finally someone said, you should take a bite. And I, we were on the air, and I took a bite, and then after about, 30 seconds, I said, I really have to excuse myself. And I, on the air, I was oh mic'd up. God. I had the at least the level-headedness enough to turn off my microphone, but I just had to make a beeline to the to the ladies' room. 
Oh my God. And oh my God. tried not to throw it. Yeah. I was hurling and it was, yes. And that happened. I'm going to see if I can find that video because yeah. I, I do have it. Yeah. Cause I've only seen you in your, perf- like you always seem so spot on and professional. Oh, thank you. And so like to hear any little thing, especially all the time. laughing fits all yeah. the time, laughing fits where I couldn't stop all the time. Well, like on New Year's Eve, they had Anderson Cooper and, oh, uh, the and his laughing just makes you laugh. So, I mean, hysterically, you can't help it. Once I heard, and I, I agree because because he was interviewing John Mayer and he <laughs> could not so stop giggling. I don't it was know, so funny. Because he was at a cat cafe. Yeah. But I once heard um, somebody say that on Saturday Night Live, sometimes when the characters break and they start laughing, this it's the skit is dying and they do that to save the skit because it makes everybody in the audience laugh harder to yes. see them laughing. I, I just I always laugh yeah, along with them. I think it's so it's funny. Contagious. Okay, so how, is there anything you do to prepare for an event that you are hosting? Do you have like rituals? What do you do before you're about to host an event? Because she mm-hmm. hosts a lot of events. I do host a lot yes. of events. Well, I always study my scripts. And even when I host trivia, I always practice by asking a family member or a coworker all the questions oh. in advance so that if there's something I can't pronounce, I can look it up. Oh, yeah. I always cop to anything I'm unsure of. The number one thing you can do when you're about to do something that makes you nervous is to say, I'm, I'm nervous. Forgive me. I'm nervous. Or please excuse me. I'm not wearing my readers is one I use all the time now because it gives me all kinds of license to say a word incorrectly right. or like miss a word. Right. I almost always say something like, okay, now let me see if I, I don't have my readers on. So, and just, if you cop to your weaknesses before anyone else can, can say them, you have a little bit more confidence. Cause you know, what are they going to say? I've already said that. Right. So one thing I do to prepare, like I said, is I read over everything. And I also, I used to get annoyed when event organizers wanted to have all these meetings and go over the script. But then you remember that whoever's putting on the event, this is so much more important to them oh, than it yeah. is to you. So you just kind of have to give people yeah. that grace, that, like yeah. time and that grace. You you don't want to ever go into something and say, I'm a pro. I don't need to. Right. I don't I need don't to, need to do over. that. The yeah. minute that happens, that's a, when you really screwed up. And then they don't appreciate that because maybe it's a charity event or maybe it's something that they've worked like really hard for and it's going to make right. them look terrible in front of their right. boss. Okay, well, so not to make you pick one or the other, but what what are the pros of radio and the pros of TV, and do you prefer one over the other in this stage of your life? In Let's say that in this life. stage of your life. It was an easy, that's an easy answer because I was doing both successfully. I had a, I was hosting a television show here in Jacksonville. I was doing that same radio show that I've been doing for so long. And I could have kept doing it. I had to choose one over the other. The reason I chose radio was it's a passion. It's a passion. A niche. There, there aren't going to be radio opportunities the way there are now down the line right. because it's a changing world. Yeah. We know this, but for me, it still is something I could thrive at doing I could be done by 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. I can wear my yoga pants. I don't have to put on all the makeup. I don't, but I do miss TV. It did keep me more polished and more together, right. but I also don't miss working the very long days. Right. And one is a, a lot harder than the other. I'll be honest with you. Yep. TV is way harder than radio. 
way harder yeah. work. There's a lot more on the line. Right. Right. And that's it's, it's it's there are a lot more jobs in TV, but there there really aren't a lot of great jobs in radio these days. Right. I hate to say it. Right. But it's for me, it's like this is a dream job I have. So I had to give one up just because I was going a little bit. Well, I always bonkers. told you I thought you were crazy for working yeah, those two jobs at the same time. Two full-time jobs with two companies that weren't related or connected yeah. in any way to each other, leaving one, going to the other, serving two masters and never feeling like I was doing enough for either one. Oh, yeah. Well, I always thought, how does she do it? I don't know where you have enough time in the day to prepare, to get yourself together. I mean, you were my hero during those years because I'm like, I can barely do what I do and do it really, really well. I can't imagine doing two things. But you know what my days were? They were cluttered. They were very cluttered Uh-oh. days with no padding in between oh, one thing yeah, and another. And I never, I never rested my brain. Uh, no, that's not good. I had no, no calm in my life. Okay. You ready for the next yes. one? Can you share a memorable moment or a highlight from your career? <sighs> so many. I've been able to interview people that I could go back and tell myself at the age of 12 or 15 or 17 that I did it. And they were memorable moments to me and maybe someone else would find corny. And gosh, who was it the other day I told you I got to talk to? Oh, I mean, Eric Estrada. Remember that day? I think I'm texting you. I'm like, I'm talking to Eric Estrada right now. I mean, I, like I these was, tiger beat yeah. people. Olivia Newton-John. Okay. That I would just go I am, nuts I, You over. know, interviewing Olivia Newton-John, I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of comedians, a lot of really fun, inspiring people. But, um, you know, there are almost too many to mention and pinpoint and narrow down. And I'm sure the minute that the microphone gets turned off, I'll remember more. But over and over and over again, I find myself saying, I need to go back in time and tell myself I did this. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. So was she your most famous? Olivia Newton-John's yeah. pretty yeah. big. Oh, she's huge. That was huge. Oh, that was God, huge. That's such a dream come um, true. Most famous? That's a really tough one because there's so many different genres. Yeah. I mean, in country music, I've had a wonderful opportunity to talk to you, like everyone, Kenny Chesney, Jason Aldean, all of that's them. That's big. Big, huge. huge. But, but to me, it's more exciting when it's somebody that I grew, grew up, up with. with. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay, now I have to get to something else that I also find fascinating, okay. and that is, when did you start running? Okay. And were you always passionate? I know you've always been passionate about exercise, but about what got you into running to where it's you're this passionate about it? I find this fascinating, as you could tell. I always talk about it because you are so good at it. Oh, thank you. And you're so tunnel vision on it. And I, I admire that. So I have to know about how you started running. I started running. I have not always been passionate about fitness. I actually oh, really? hosted a TV show here locally before the one where I met you uh, called, it was a spinoff of The Biggest Loser. It was on the NBC affiliate, but it was a local version. And so I started working out during that time in my 40s. Now, before that, I was always an avid walker. I walked a ton. So I always had a level of fitness, right. but not, and then, so I started working out, started running during the course of that show because I was doing it along with our contestants. I was just kind of right. like playing along with right. them and doing shoots. And then I, right, I started to realize that running, I actually, I don't know, my body felt like it was made for it. My father was a long distance runner in oh. New York city. 
Wow. And I think it's just a matter of the, it was a, it was a really unique way to make friends, new friends. And that's a and great we, idea. We talked about how like when you're, once your kids are getting to the point where they're growing up, it's harder to make friends right. that aren't your kids, right. friends, parents. And certainly as I started to get more towards my fifties and the nest was starting to empty out, then I really needed the, those friendship connections. And they just happened to be that at that time period in my life, I was surrounded by people who ran. I was a little above average at it, I, I noticed. Right. I and was going to say, I think I, you're you know, very above average. Well, thank you. And then suddenly that kind of picked up. And I'm just a passionate person. I, I do everything gangbusters. I don't have that middle gear. Right. So I was either going to do it or not do it. And there have been a million things since then, before then, that I've done halfway and dropped. I just, that's okay, the consistent. Okay, I have to hear that. Name a couple. I don't believe that. Okay. Name um, a couple. Well, I, I went through my roller skating phase again because oh I was such God. an avid roller skater in high school <laughs> that about two and a half years ago, I decided that I wanted to start roller skating again. And then Are I was like, that's stupid. Oh my <laughs> yeah, God. I even went and took like a dance class. <laughs> I've done a lot of things. I get into things. I get oh into things God, and then I don't so let up funny. until I, you know, I, so, but that one I kept with, that one I kept with the running, the running I love. So my last question is, do you have any other, do you have hobbies, like other interests besides athletic? This this has become like, that sounds so crazy, but I'm loving making like these video clips and doing podcasts. And, you know, you and I started this and I started getting completely eaten up with it. So now I've actually started helping some other people working on their projects and I'm um, doing a little bit of uh, freelance stuff with what I'm doing right now, where I'll interview somebody for what it would seem like it's going to be a podcast, but then instead we just cut up the clips. I, you know, this has become something that I thoroughly enjoy. Oh, you good. and I talk about it all the time. You're like, you're doing too much. I'm like, I'm telling you, I love it. Yeah. I absolutely am enjoying it every second of it. It's so much fun. So yeah, this, this wow. is what we're doing right so, now. So in other words, after 55, you picked up, or really mm -hmm. 57, you picked up something you've yet never another, done before yet another obsession. and learned something <laughs> brand new yes, I that did. you didn't know before. And that is what's so inspiring to me. And I'm sure everyone who listens out there that you can learn something brand new after 55, 60, 65. You just have to take the time to learn it, which you're good at. I mm, not so much when it comes okay, to the social well, media world. Agree to disagree on the fact that, you know, you're staying up to date on all of the latest things that are going on in your world. But um, I think I think I am very proactive about yes. learning. And I've talked about that before. My dad decided to learn to speak Spanish in his 70s. Right. I mean, I think it's really important for your brain right. to always be learning. And I might take it to the nth degree, go to seminars and try to go to classes and watch tutorials and try to teach myself things. But that's that's just me. That's just my personality. Like I said, I have only, you know, lazy, 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 unconscious, <laughs> and then the other speed. Yeah. There's no in between. There is no in between. I have noticed that. Yeah. Um, and for me, it's go, 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 or I am laying on the couch right. watching, you know, reruns of The Sopranos or whatever. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, it's the same thing, but not to your level. So you'll you'll do your thing, and then you'll go exercise. Me, I'm like, yeah, I'm done for I the did week. My I, I did, did my I did. duty. Yeah. yeah. So I admire that a lot. I'm kind of like your dog that has the zoomies and the flashes. Yes. You are. My dog gets the zoomies every day and at then, like 4.45. And then she's out cold. Out cold. That's me. Yeah. I'm that dog. <laughs> 
Oh, all right. Well, thank you. This has been really fun. It's got me thinking about a lot of stuff. And, um, you know, I bet every single person listening, if we could have a chance to sit and interview you, we'd find you equally as fascinating. I think so, too. Please, I really do. Please do join our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only group. We have a lot of new members. Welcome to all of you. And also, um, please share our podcast with one friend, just one. That's yep. all, you know, we're only asking that. And of course, if you feel like giving us a good review, that's helpful as well. Until next time, thank you. Remember, no matter what it is you're holding, as we're heading into a brand new year, you can let it go. And don't look back. Hi, it's Eden. Christine and I absolutely love bringing you Uncluttered and Unfiltered the podcast for women over 50. For the first time, we're asking you for your help. A one-time or monthly donation from you will help us with production costs and help us grow this awesome community. Find a link to make a donation in our most recent show notes in our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Ladies Only Facebook group pinned to the top or on our Uncluttered and Unfiltered Facebook page. And in advance, thank you.